God of our forebears who paved the way for our being in this place today. Help us to give up complacency, truly love one another, and hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hear and comfort us in the midst of our joy and sadness, and in your miraculous way, may your bread of heaven and cup of salvation feed our souls with peace and unspeakable joy. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, Amen. Good morning, St. Luke's. Good morning. Wow. You all are not making this departure easy. In the last couple of weeks, I discovered something. I did not know that so many of you had plans to move into Canterbury Court. <laughs> Even those of you in your 30s. Very creative and crafty. Um, St. Luke's, after your prayers, I came to you in July of 2017 to be your associate priest for pastoral care and parish life. After serving all of my ministry as a professor and chaplain to take on my first and now only full-time parish position. I did not know quite how this would work, but you showed up and shone your beautiful light of God on me. I had served as a part-time or assisting priest in other good parishes, but to quote Sister Stephanie Mills, I never knew love like this before. <laughs> this indeed was a match made in heaven, and not every priest can say that. Some priests would say that their match was made somewhere else. But you were family to me and did right by me, and I loved you back. You offered me the privilege to minister to you and experience those things I wrote in my letter that I hope you had a chance to read. Uh, it was sent to you yesterday in your email. Thanks for your outpouring of love in gifts, cards, texts, and emails. I have never said the word bittersweet more than I have said in the last two weeks. For this is bittersweet. It is hard to leave such a place so full of love and the Spirit of God. And I will forever cherish this part of my journey. I'm saddened that our time has changed, but I'm filled with joy to be a Canterbury chaplain and for what we share together. I've sat in these chancel seats looking at this beautiful stained glass 
and cried tears of joy, thanking God for bringing me to this place, saying, what wondrous love is this? O oh, my soul, O oh, my soul, what wondrous love is this, O oh, my soul? After this service, we will have some time to celebrate our time together, and I hope to see you there in the parish hall. The readings appointed for today uh, speak to this moment. God is speaking through these readings about a faith planted and rooted in love. Even before you and I were born, someone loved us and believed and prayed for us to have this moment, a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, a love that moves us to plant seeds. As you may have noted, each time before I preach, as I just did, I recognize those who paved the way for our being in this place today. Those who had a sterling vision of what we could be, even when they lived in a murky world full of barriers that divided themselves by unholy fears. They worked for a day that they did not see. And I'm here and you are here because our mothers and grandmothers and fathers and grandfathers lived into the metaphors Jesus lays out today in Matthew's Gospel. In the 31st verse, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, a tiny seed, that someone takes and sows, plants, and it becomes this great shrub and tree. I know that some of you are gardeners, but you do not have to be a gardener or a landscaper to know that if you do not keep the seeds in good ground, to till the soil and water and cultivate the plant or tree, it will die. The mustard tree requires consistent watering in order for it to grow. And in its ideal circumstances, it can grow to 20 or 30 feet. In Matthew 17, Jesus references the mustard seed again, its smallness, to say that all you need is a faith that is as small as that mustard seed, which can move you to do great things. And when we pray and use the faith of our mothers to tend to this human garden by acts of kindness, justice, and peace, we will hand a better world to our children, better than what was handed to us. Yes, our forebears planted the seeds and stirred the soil of their faith, sprinkled the yeast on dough so that it could rise like the mustard tree grows, and cultivated their field of faith and prayed and worked for the kingdom of heaven. Even amid his own weeds of segregation, a visionary for his time, our former white rector, the Reverend Dr. Carrie Wilmer, tilled the soil to meet here with the erudite black scholar W.E.B. Du Bois. Following the 1906 Atlanta race massacre, 
Dr. Du Bois and Dr. Wilmer met, which was a very radical thing for that time in the segregated South. Former rectors Dan Matthews Sr. and Jr. tilled the soil and welcomed to St. Luke's the first black priest, the Reverend Raynell Parkins, who has been inspiration to me, the first female priest, the Reverend Pat Merchant, and the first openly gay priest, the Reverend Jean Paradise and the Reverend Buddy Crawford, respectively, on whose shoulders I and the current clergy stand. They showed us what is possible if we let go of the weeds of division and bigotry and look to the light of God instead of that that separates us, that separates the good ground and destroys life. They had a love that planted seeds for that kingdom of heaven. And I'm clear that the seeds of my faith were planted and modeled by my loving parents, Mildred Albert Griffin and Lee Griffin. A faith germinated as I knelt beside my grandmother, Idella Parks McCaslin, a daughter of slaves, at her church and home where I prayed the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what might this gospel say to St. Luke's? Atlanta, our country and our world today. Too often we read that passage, the kingdom of heaven, as out there. When this life is over, then only will we be in the kingdom of heaven. But as I prayed as a child, and we often pray, think, listen to the words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. God calls us to let our love plant the seeds for the kingdom here. Just as the kingdom is with Jesus and Jesus is with us, so is the kingdom with us. It is with the Holy Spirit, and because we have the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven is here with us. As we cultivate that mustard seed into a beautiful tree, Jesus calls us to build that kingdom of heaven, the beloved community, in like manner. Jesus offers examples of something starting small and over time evolving into something larger, quite beautiful and powerful. The tiny mustard seed blossoming into a tree, yeast making bread rise, money for a field, a full net, and a pearl of great price. So given this time in which we live, where the building of the kingdom of heaven, the beloved community, is eroding from lessons that instill fear of the other in us and laws that divide us and take us back to an ugly past in our country. We must follow the example of our forebears who loved and planted in their day to give us a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven, to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ that calls us to treat others as we want to be treated. 
For the God we know in this church has everything to do with what is happening out there in and to our lives every day. If we take this gospel seriously, we must be troubled when there is any opposition to the love and equality for all people. In their writing on Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, biblical scholars A.J. Swoboda and Nijay Gupta remind us that Jesus needed his disciples to be woke during a time of crisis before his crucifixion. Jesus is calling us to be awake, or some would say woke, in this crisis time, in what's happening in our world, when all the things that we care about, that the gospel calls us, that God calls us to do, we see being eroded that threatens the mustard tree and kingdom building. Wherever you are this morning and whatever you are confronting, if you are feeling lost from loss and less than hopeful from living in a seemingly endless cycle of a violent world and an abused planet, in Romans, Paul compels us to turn to the Spirit in our weakness when we cannot pray are too distant or despondent to pray to God, and the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Paul reminds us that when we feel unloved in an unfriendly world, Jesus raises us as conquerors. God loves us in a way that cannot be extinguished, a love that is beyond words, a love that is inseparable. Paul is a witness to what is true that neither death nor life, nor the angels nor elected political leaders, nor any power high or low in all of creation can separate us from that love of God. We all come with some brokenness in need of God's love and healing. And it is a love that molds us and fills us and breaks down barriers and prejudices and brings us together as one. If you never hear me preach again, remember that we can conquer the resurfacing of evil supremacy. St. Luke's, you show when you welcome the stranger, when you feed those who have less. You show that the mustard tree can flourish and the kingdom of heaven can be. You are a microcosm of this world and a witness that we can be conservative, moderate, liberal, progressive in our racial, gender, sexual orientation, class, physical, and mental diversity. And Sunday after Sunday, we come to this table, immigrants and natives, and sons and daughters of immigrants and natives, sons and daughters of former colonized and former colonizers, and sons and daughters of former slaves and former slave owners. And we gather around the table, and in that moment of the Holy Spirit power, we become human to human, 
children of God yearning to be more loving and more pure. And in the words of the hymn writer, we come to this table with joy to meet our Lord where strangers now are friends. This is the good news today. So let us commit and recommit our lives to building the kingdom of heaven and plant the seeds of love so that when we leave this world, we will leave it better then we found it, and for that we can say thanks be to God and amen.